This is Coochie's Corner Podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at The Crew Chief, on Twitter at The Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chief's Corner, and on TikTok at Crew Chief's Corner. And now on the Anchor Podcasting Network at anchor.fm and the Anchor app. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Bobby here, the, the Crew Chief's Corner Podcast. Can you believe it? We've made it. All the way through Phoenix, we are at the Champions Edition of the Coochie's Corner Podcast. So excited to go over everything that happened out of Phoenix Raceway. We have three new NASCAR champions. Um, yeah, all three new ones, you know, all first-time guys. Uh, no repeats, so I guess that's a good thing if you uh, like having new champions. So we'll talk about uh, Truck Series champion Sheldon Creed, the Xfinity champ Austin Sindrick, and, of course, the NASCAR Cup champion, for those of you that are watching on Twitch and on YouTube, you see I'm donning the Chase Elliott gear because Chase Elliott is your 2020 NASCAR Cup Series champion. And we'll talk about all that good stuff, all the races, all my kind of normal breakdown of it uh, here on the other side of this break. The other thing we'll talk about, we will talk about the 2021 news, some news that came out uh, post the championship weekend. So we'll talk about uh, Daniel Hemrick driving for Joe Gibbs Racing next year in the 18 Xfinity car. What that means for Riley Herbst, uh, Ryan Priest, it sounds like, is coming back to JTG in the 37. What that might mean for guys like Corey LaJoy that still haven't solidified their cases. I mean, their ride for next year. What happens with Ty Dillon next season um, and, and some other things. And then we also found out that Travis Mack is going to be Daniel Suarez's crew chief at the new Trackhouse team, which is Justin Mark's organization. And, um, you know, we're, we're kind of keep plugging what plugging in the, the answers here. You know, we're, we're putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Uh, it sounds like colleague might be getting closer to announcing the driver of the 10 car, which it really shouldn't be a surprise at this point. I mean, if it's not AJ Allmendinger, I'd say that would be the surprise, um, of the all season. But I, I think we're going to find out that AJ is driving the 10 next year. Uh, we also found out that Freddie Kraft, has officially signed a deal with uh, 2311 uh, Racing. He will continue to be Bubba Wallace's spotter. And I'm um, trying to think if we missed anything else that was recent news. I think we got everything in there. So uh, we'll break all that down. We'll look ahead to the future episodes of the Coochie's Corner podcast, uh, kind of what we're going to do this offseason. I know some people, um, you know, take time off during the, the offseason. Uh, as far as from podcasting, you know, they take a little break because they've been doing so many episodes. There isn't going to be um, there is going to be a break, but what we're going to do is we're still going to make a show that week. It's just not going to be a live show, and I'll kind of explain that process to you guys. And then we will also um, do some of the uh, NASCAR for Rookie episodes in there. So uh, we're still going to do episodes pretty much every week. Um, I think with about two or three exceptions, and um, then we will have. Um, you know, brand new content. Once we hit January, we'll try to start doing some like preview shows, maybe go over some different things. So I kind of roll you through what this off season is going to look like. It's really the first off season we've really done consistent podcast through. So this is, uh, you know, kind of new uncharted territory, but it's a lot of the stuff we did on the Facebook live stuff that we're just going to now do in a podcast form. I think uh, people will enjoy that as well. So uh, we'll talk about that. And we'll get the Champions Edition of the Coochie's Corner Podcast started right after this quick break. All right, everybody, back here on the Coochie's Corner Podcast. This is Bobby Bailey bringing you the championship races, the breakdown of them all. So we'll start with the Truck Series because they're the first race of the weekend. Uh, what a crazy, crazy truck race. Um, you know, you get started and, and, you know, it's the first race of the weekend. Um, and sometimes you notice trends, you know, I know a lot of people might not watch the truck races or they might not watch Xfinity. There, there might be just cup only fans. Um, certainly when you go to the races on the weekends, you know, pre COVID, um, and you could go watch every race, um, you know, you'd always notice like the Friday crowds were always light. The Saturday crowds would usually be a little bit heavier, and then the Sunday crowds were always the big, the big draw. And, and I always used to think a lot of that had to do with, you know, people maybe couldn't get all three days or the weekend off of work. You know, maybe they just went down and they could only get Sunday off because maybe they don't work Sundays. 
um, you know, at their job or whatever, or, or some people just didn't have vacation time, whatever. Um, I do think some of it is that people just don't watch the truck races and don't watch the Xfinity races. Um, and some of it, I get it because, you know, unless you watch the truck series every single week, you don't know a lot of these guys, you know, you don't know who Sheldon Creed is. You don't know Sheldon Creed's background in, in racing. Um, you know, you don't know that he came from dirt, you know, the dirt ranks and he came over and crossed over into NASCAR. Um, you know, you don't know that Grand Infinger was a local short track guy that got an opportunity, um, really to drive for, for, um, a couple different people. Uh, and then he, you know, got a shot at Thor sport and, and kind of turned a lot of heads and, uh, has been very successful there. So, um, you know, and then you look at Brett Moffitt, Brett Moffitt's been all over the map. You know, he drove a uh, cup for a little bit. He drove for Michael Walter racing, had a phenomenal run in that 55 car. Gosh, it had to be, that must've been his, either his rookie. I think that was his rookie or his, was that four? It was either 14 or 15. It was either his rookie year, um, or the year after that he ran, uh, for Michael, uh, in the 55 and he was filling in for Brian Vickers because Vickers was out with the blood clots. And, um, that was before they went with, uh, David Reagan. Cause David Reagan was filling in for Kyle Bush. So that had to have been 2015. Now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but Moffitt, you know, had a, an eighth place run that day, you know, in, in a cup car and everybody's like, who the heck is this kid, Brett Moffitt? You know, a lot of people didn't know him at that point in time. Uh, and now a lot of people know him because he obviously is a truck champ um, and is, is, you know, run well in Xfinity driving for our motorsports um, and stuff like that. So uh, Moffitt's a name that, you know, maybe some people know. Uh, Austin Hill's another name a lot of people don't know. Ran in the K&N series, which is now Arca East. You know, his dad uh, and him owned a team. You know, and then they bought into Young uh, Young's Motorsports uh, a couple years back, and they were fielding a truck for Austin. And then he split from that organization, and he got uh, Brett's old job, Brett Moffitt's old job, driving the 16 for Shiggy Hitori. Um, so Austin Hill is becoming a name that a lot of people are going to know in the next, I'd say, couple years uh, for sure. Because you know, he's he's probably one of the favorites, in my opinion, for the 2021 uh, Truck Championship. Um, you know, and then you, you have other guys in the series that are veterans. You have the Matt Crafton's of the world, the Johnny Sauters of the world. You know, Crafton's been in the truck series a long time. You know, he has some cup experience. He has some Xfinity experience. But you really look, Matt Crafton is a veteran of the truck series. Uh, Johnny Sauter has been all over. He's been in cup. He's been in Xfinity. Um, but he's primarily been a truck series regular. Um, and then you just go down the list and there's, you know, lots of, you know, people are kind of, you know, been all over the place. Spencer Boyd's another name that I think uh, people are going to be hearing more of, um, you know, should he get a better opportunity? Not that Young's Motorsports is a terrible opportunity, but if he got an opportunity driving a little bit better equipment, I think he would be a name that you're going to hear more of. Um, but then you look over at GMS, you have Tyler Ankrum, who won at Kentucky last year when he was driving for DGR Crosley. You have Zane Smith, who was definitely the breakout driver of the season in the truck series. Here's a kid that, you know, jumped into an Xfinity car. And I'll be honest with you, you know, when he drove that Xfinity car, uh, you know, for junior motorsports, I, I think, I mean, at least for me personally, I thought the kid was in over his head. I really did. I didn't think he had the, the, the experience to be in that car. And, and I, and I guess that was part of why Chevy, uh, and the driver develop the driver's edge development program decided uh, with Zane, I think, to put him in a, in a vehicle full time and it to be a truck versus just throwing him in the Xfinity car. Um, I think he he needed this. I think this was kind of like that confidence boost that a lot of these young drivers need before they get moved up. You know, there's been a lot of debates that have been had over the last, I'd say, 10, 15 years about you know, when's the right time to move a driver up? And this is something we're going to talk about uh, later in the show. Uh, so I'm doing a little foreshadowing or doing a little tease. But I think that sometimes these guys and girls in these series need, you know, more than just a year, more than just two years. Sometimes you need three years in this series, in a series 
before you can move on. Um, especially if you're trying to, you know, prove that you're a legitimate contender and, and let's face it. I mean, you're going from, from truck to Xfinity is, is a, is a jump. Um, cause the Xfinity competition now is a lot better than it's ever been. Um, even though you might not have the amount of cup guys going, going down and running those races, you still have a tremendous amount of talent that is in that series. Um, so I think that that's part of it too. Um, you know, some of these young names, people just, they don't get a chance to get to know them because some of them get rushed through the ranks real quick and then you find out who they are when they get the cup. But sometimes you get to find out who they are in Xfinity and trucks. And that's when it becomes a lot more enjoyable as a fan because you get to kind of grow up with that driver. Um, you know, especially if you're, you're young enough that, you know, Hey, you're around that driver's age and it's kind of like you kind of grow up with them, you know? Um, so that's kind of cool for some people. Um, but you know, I know we're getting way off topic here of the truck series, but you know, I think you look at this race itself. It was really Brett Moffitt's race to lose. All right. You know, Brett was dominating late in the race. Uh, I really hate it, you know, for the guys over at plan B sales or circle B diecast, uh, as a retail side of the business is now known as, but really feel bad for Brent and, and, and the guys over there, uh, at plan B and circle B, you know, um, they've poured, you know, a lot of their, their heart and souls into these sponsorships, you know, quite literally, um, you know, putting together deals that, you know, fans like myself and, and some other folks have been able to get their names on these cars and trucks, uh, over the years and, and to come that close to winning a championship. I mean, three laps away, um, it, it was, it was tough. It was a tough watch. It was a tough thing to have your, your heart ripped out of your chest in a lot of ways, because I'm sure that's how Brent felt. Um, you know, I know how I felt when I've been minor league associated with a, a, a program and, and know how I felt when things didn't go the way you wanted them to. Um, so I can only imagine when you're, when you're the one that's actually footing the bill for that race, uh, knowing what that, what that, you know, entails, uh, I can only imagine what that felt like for Brent and, and those guys, but, um. You know, just and even for for Brett Moffat, I mean, you know, a shot at another Truck Series championship. You know, quite literally, not knowing what next year was going to bring for him, um, whether he was going to be back at GMS, what, whether he was going to move on. Uh, obviously, now we know where he's going. We know he's going to Our Motorsports full time. He's going to drive that O2 car on a full full time basis, uh, and you know the capabilities of that race team. So um, it's no surprise that he's moving up. Um, but I do think that, you know, in, in the, in the, in the heat of the moment, Brett was really mad. And I know after the race, he ripped the team, he ripped them pretty good. So, uh, you know, when the news came out yesterday that Brett Moffat was not coming back to GMS, a lot of people weren't surprised. Um, but you know, I think the one trend you find out sometimes by going to these races and watching them, at least in person is you get to find out sometimes about pitch strategies, you know, uh, arts, what are, what are new tires worth at the end of the race? When you get a late race caution, you know, is it going to be a track position kind of weekend? Um, you know, these are little things that sometimes you pick up by going to all three races. And I'm not saying that you have to, in order to pick this up. I mean, you could pick this up by just watching the races like I did this weekend, but you saw that Sheldon Creek came down pit road, took, you know, four tires. That was probably Sheldon's in his opinion and Je and Jeff Stanko and his crew chief's opinion. That was their best shot at winning that race. I was coming down and doing the opposite of what Brett Moffat did. Now, if Brett Moffat came down pit road and, and made the pit stop, maybe Creed would have stayed out. You don't know. But, you know, I think sometimes, um, you know, when you have these big pressure moments, you know, sometimes you find out what these guys are really capable of doing. You know, um, I think Dale Jr. mentioned this during his uh, podcast, you know, the other day. You know, uh, the cream rises to the top in pressure situations. And I know Junior kind of mentioned that he was never really good in those pressure si uh, situations. And you look at Chase Elliott. You know, Chase Elliott has performed now in back-to-back -back pressure situations, whether it was Martinsville or whether it was this past weekend at Phoenix. And you look at Sheldon Creed. Sheldon Creed performed in a pressure situation, in a situation that, you know, his teammate looked like his teammate was going to win this race and win this race uh, going away. And, you know, he gets an opportunity, a late race caution, um, one that, you know, nobody really saw coming. Um, you know, you get a kid in Dawson Cram who gets turned around and, and you end up with uh, a late race restart, pit stops, 
And now all of a sudden, you know, you're outnumbered if you're Moffitt. You have all these guys with brand new tires behind you, and you're outnumbered. And there's nothing you can do. It's a hopeless, it's a hopeless feeling as a driver, I would assume, that you're you're outnumbered. You know, you know all these guys behind you got brand new tires, and you're gonna sit there and, and basically take one um in the biggest spot of the season. And Sheldon Creed ends up with the win. So a nice win for him. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people aren't thrilled with the championship format, uh, whether whatever series it is, whether it's Cup, Trucks, Xfinity. Um, I just, you know, I think it adds a lot of excitement to it. I think that if we had the old format where there was no eliminations, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the playoffs would still be like. You know, I think it adds another layer to it and it makes it harder. You know, I think, you know, you look at a lot of the professional and, and, and yeah, they're ball and stick sports. But I mean, I think you look at what makes the NCAA tournament exciting to, to people to watch. You know, it's that sing, it's single elimination, you know, and any time your team could be a 16 seed and upset a one seed. OK, yeah, it happened once, but. You know, you don't just watch because you want to see the number one seed win, you know, and I think that that was one of the things that we saw, especially in the, in this, these three rate, you know, these three series, the guy that had the best season didn't win in all three series. Sheldon Creed only had a couple of wins going into this weekend at, at Phoenix. He only had the win at, um, at, uh, well, he won obviously last year. I think that was gateway, but he won at the Daytona road course. He won uh, a couple other, you know, races, but he only had like two or three wins going into this weekend. Um, the Daytona Road Course, I think, was his first win of the season this year. Um, and then he had another win later on, or he had that win at Kansas, the rain-shortened one. That was the one I was actually drawing the blank on. Um, but, he, you know, he only had like two wins going into this weekend. And now he's coming up and he's got a, a championship. And a lot of people are going to sit here and say, well, Sheldon Creed, you know, does he really deserve the championship? And I say, yeah, why not? You know, these guys took a gamble. This was a gamble that this team took. Uh, you know, Jeff Stankowitz and, and, and his whole pit crew, you know, performed a pit stop, got them out, got them in good position, and they were able to go out there and beat their teammate. And Brett Moffitt, now, now I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. If Brett Moffitt won the championship, a lot of people would have been upset about that because. Think about it. Brett Moffitt had only won one race prior to this, and it was a playoff race. It's not like Brett Moffitt won a, a race during the regular season and then came back and won this this championship. He didn't, That's not what happened. What happened was he won a race, got, you know, got into the Final Four. Uh, he won at Kansas, you know, and, and was able to move on. But if you look at, you know, whether it was Xfinity, you know, with, with Austin Cindric. Austin Cindric did not have the best car this year. That was Chase Briscoe. And Briscoe kind of beat himself at the end. He spun out late in the race and caused that crazy uh, end of the race restart in, in which Justin Allgaier, you know, stayed out. And, and Allgaier gets, you know, pretty much passed up left and right and, and ends up, you know, finishing, I think, fifth or sixth or whatever. And 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 Austin Cindric's the, the Xfinity champ. You know, and, and I think you look at Sheldon Creed and say the same thing. You know, this was these were two guys that were like the second best guy in their respected series. You know, Grant Infinger really had the season. You know, he had the most wins. He was the most consistent. He won the regular season championship. And he goes into the final four and basically he comes up short and he comes up second in, in the race and isn't able to win the championship. You look at the Xfinity side of things. You know, Chase Briscoe was the dominant factor. You know, he was the guy that every single race, he was the guy to beat. Um, and then you turn around and look and, and you know, uh, the car's not handling to his liking. He's not having a very good race. They're not able to make adjustments to make, they're making adjustments, but they don't make the right adjustments to make the car good enough for Chase to go out there and compete for the win. And they spin, they come down pit road to get tires and all that stuff, and they still aren't able to make any headway. So you have a guy that won nine races in Xfinity this year that didn't win the championship. And then you go to the Cup Series and you look at the Cup, you know, Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott had four wins going into this weekend. He won his fifth race on Sunday. So Chase Elliott didn't have the most wins in Cup. 
The guy that had the most wins was Kevin Harvick. He was eliminated last week. And then you had the guy that had the second most wins in Denny Hamlin. He wasn't able to win the race at a place that he's been very good at recently. So it's just a zany weekend overall. But like I said, to put a ball in the truck series race, um, you know, Creed did a nice job. Those guys really performed over there. GMS, well-deserved championship. Um, you know that that's a perennial championship winning team. Uh, I know this is, I think, their first actual truck championship, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, because Moffitt was driving for Shiggy Hitori when he won his. And I don't think Sauter won one uh, with them. So, uh, you know, this is going to be the first of many for this organization. Zane Smith's back with them next year. Uh, Sheldon Creed's back with them next year. Uh, they're going to also have Tyler Ankrum back. And then they just announced that Chase Purdy is going to drive uh, the fourth truck over there full time uh, with GMS. So, you know, that that's going to be a pretty solid race team over there uh, for Maury Gallagher and Spencer Gallagher. And that, that organization is going to continue to win races and, compete for titles. You just know that that's what's going to be what's happening. Now we're going to move into the Xfinity race. I kind of talked a little bit about it. Um, you know, listen, I, I said this earlier in the year. Um, if if we got to the championship for Phoenix and Austin and Austin, uh, Austin Sendrick, Chase Briscoe, we're going to we're pretty much going to be locks in my opinion. But the guys that I didn't know were going to be who was going to be the other two. You know, Al Geyer had a good year. He won those couple of races at, at, at uh, Richmond. He's performed, you know, pretty well. He won at Dover. Um, and he's won at Phoenix in the past. He won there last fall um, on his way to get into the championship for last year at, at Homestead Miami Speedway. So you knew he was a, a guy to compete with. The other person, you know, you kind of could plug and play. You know, Noah Gragson, you could put, you could put anybody in there. Um, you know, we ended up with Justin Haley, which again, not something that I would have sat there and said, wow, Justin Haley was, was on my final four at the beginning of the season. I would have said, no way. You know, I, I really didn't think that that was the case. I really thought Harrison Burton was going to kind of get in there. Uh, Harrison had a great playoffs for a guy that got eliminated when he did earlier in the playoffs. He had a good couple of races there. You know, he ran well at Martinsville. He won, he won that race at Martinsville. You know, he won at Texas, so he had a good playoffs considering he was on the outside, you know. Um, but, you know, again, this race came down to a late race caution. What do you do, you know? And, and and unlike the truck guys who had 50 laps on their tires when Brett Moffitt stayed out and some of the other guys came down pit road, the guys in the Xfinity race had 25 laps on their tires. So it was less time. Austin Sindra came down. And I remember thinking to myself, these guys are out of their 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 bleeping minds for coming down pit road. I just knew it. I knew they were out of their minds. But what I didn't know that Brian Wilson knew and, and that team knew was how valuable new tires were. I thought, you know, with 50 lap tires, you know, on the truck race, that that would have made a difference. I didn't think that 25 laps would have made a big difference, but it, it made all the difference in the world, especially with like three laps left. That was the other thing that I looked at in both races was short sprints to the end of the races with brand new tires. Doesn't always work the way guys think it's going to, but it did. It did in both instances. And thank God for, for Austin Sindrick, it worked out. Thank God his car was good because, you know, I'm telling you, if Al Geyer had a set of brand new sticker tires left in the, uh, in the uh, in the arsenal there late in the race, they they would have been dog meat because of how good Al Geyer's car was on those short runs. That seven car was amazing on the short runs at the end of that race, um, but that ended up costing them because they ran out of tires essentially. And Austin Sindrick had a set left, and uh, he was able to power through and get the win. You know, and he didn't need to win that race. You know, he was kind of racing. Uh, I think it was Noah Gregson kind of hard to win. And Gregson could have put up a real fight to try to hold him up so that, you know, Al Geyer could have gone up there and gotten in the mix. But Justin's car was just not handling the way he needed it to late in that race. So he was unable to get the job done. But um, congratulations to Team Penske, another Xfinity championship. Uh, I think this is their second one with with the Drivers' Championship. I know it's like their fifth or sixth Owners' Championship, but I think it's their second ever Drivers' Championship in the Xfinity Series. Um, so a big... Big win for Austin Sindrick. Um, I think now this answers the question, 
whether or not Austin Cindric belongs in NASCAR. Uh, because I think the question was valid before. You know, I think going into 2020, that was a big question. You know, is Austin Cindric a guy that you're going to have to compete with to win a championship? Prior to 2020, I don't think many of us in, in, in any capacity, whether we're fans, whether we're the media or whoever, um, I don't think a lot of people would have said that he was that kind of a competitor uh, because he hadn't won on ovals. He won at the road courses, which is great, but that was his racing background. You know, this kid was in sports cars. This kid was, you know, destined basically to be an open wheel guy at one point in time in his career, uh, but went sports car racing instead. So you look at uh, Austin Cindric now a lot differently. I think you look at him as somebody that's going to be ready to compete in the Cup Series. I do think Team Penske made the right call in keeping him a year, uh, as something we'll talk about later in the episode. Again, another tease. Um, I think he's 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 got it. You know, he's going to be really good. Um, so two really exciting champions that we have, um, and I and I think this the future of this. Sport is bright. You know, when you look at this weekend, you have the 24-year-old and Chase Elliott had Sheldon Creed, I think, was 23. And Austin Cindric's what, 24, 25? Uh, you have a lot of young kids in this in this series winning championships. And I think that this bodes well for the future of the series. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a quick break. On the other side of this break, we are going to break down the cup race because uh, it, was a, it was a really crazy race. Uh, maybe didn't have the exciting finish that the trucks or the Xfinity series had, but I really do think that the cup race uh, deserves its own little segment. And we will do that uh, right here on the other side of the break. You're listening to the crew Chiefs corner podcast hosted by Bobby Bailey. Welcome back everybody. This is the crew Chiefs corner podcast hosted by Bobby Bailey. This is the 2020 Champions edition. Now we are at the Cup Series race breakdown. And and let me tell you, um, this was a Final Four that if you asked me in the beginning of the season, I, I don't even know if I would have came up with this Final Four. Um, you know, Hamlin and Harvick uh, obviously were the two dominant cars of the season. Uh, they traded wins back and forth pretty regularly. Harvick winning nine races, Hamlin winning seven. Um and then you look at the guy that had the third most wins, believe it or not, going into the weekend, it was Chase Elliott. Uh, so Chase had four wins at that point after his kind of walk-off win at, at uh, Martinsville. He needed that in order to advance. I don't think he fully needed it, but it definitely helped his scenario quite a bit by winning. Um, and then you had Brad Keselowski, who was the king of the 750 horsepower package, um, was, was basically the fourth guy that was really had a great year. Um, Logano was in the final four, uh, and Harvick was eliminated because Harvick had a really rough last three races going into the final four. Um, so Harvick was out and, and ham and, uh, Logano was in and, uh, you had a, a basically 50% shot at getting a repeat champion and you had a 50% shot at getting a new champion. So, um, it was going to be what was going to happen. And one of the things I said initially, last week going into this week was I didn't think Hamlin had a shot at this thing. Uh, and I said, you know, I think Hamlin chokes quite a bit. Um, you know, I called it last week. I really did think Chase Elliott was going to win this championship. And I, and I just thought he was the hot hand, you know, winning the Roval winning at Martinsville when he's backed into a corner. I, I thought Chase had a real shot at this thing. Did I think Chase was going to win the way he won this race? Absolutely not. I thought this was going to be a dogfight of a race. I really did think that this was going to be something that he had to earn 100%. Um, not that I think this race was gifted to him, but the race kind of fell into his lap when you really think about it. You know, um, despite having a bad a, a bad entry and ex exit off of pit road on that last pit stop, his words, not mine. Um, you know, you really look at this as, as Chase kind of just had the car. You know, he had the car. He had the the pit crew, he had everything going his way. Um, you know, for a guy that had to start the rear of the field due to uh, failing pre-race inspection twice, um, you know, he had the, the, deck, the deck stacked against him. He had his back against the wall yet again. And he was able to win this championship uh, in, in a way that a lot of us didn't think was going to be possible. 
you know, for Chase. I mean, you look at all the guys he was competing against. You had Logano, who was the most recent winner at Phoenix Raceway. Hamlin, who won here last year to get into the Final Four at Homestead. And you had um, you had Brad Keselowski, who'd won uh, Richmond. He won at Martin uh, at New Hampshire. He won at Bristol. You know, so here's a guy in, in, in Keselowski who has wins at the 750 package tracks this season and, and the most of them. Um, and, and then you have Chase Elliott, who who should have won Bristol in, in the spring, gotten that accident with, with Logano, should have won the Coca-Cola 600, which he didn't due to pit stops late in the race. Um, I, I think you really do look at Chase Elliott and, and, you know, those are two wins right there that he didn't have. Um, and if you put those in the win column, he has seven wins then this season. The same amount as Denny Hamlin. So I think that the people that are upset that Chase is the champion are are probably uh, people that just don't like the fact that this guy had a really good season and, and deserved it. And he was the champ. You know, there was no late race caution that bit him despite the fact that Chase kept thinking there was going to be one. Um, it just never came. And it was just his day uh, at the end of the day. And I'll, I'll say this. I mean, a lot of people ask me, you know, why do you like Chase? Why do you like Chase? He's a popular guy, this, that, and the other. I like Chase because Chase is is just uh, a humble young man. He's not a, uh arrogant person. Um, you know, he's just... He's just one of the boys, you know, he's not a guy that's out there, you know, acting like he's too good for you or too good for the situation. Uh, I know I've met Chase a few times, uh, albeit very brief interactions. Um, you could tell he's he's trying to do the right thing in, in pretty much all the situations I've ever met him in. Uh, he's been very humble, very quiet, but, um, you know, don't 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 mistake in that for his his fire uh, as a competitor. He's, he's a fierce competitor. He wants to win all these races. Um, and I think a lot of us that have, that have been chase fans have been through the six second place finishes that it took before he got that win at Watkins Glen, uh, all the restart failures, all the, all the turmoil on pit road, all the things that you go through as a race fan, uh, insert your favorite driver here. Uh, we've all been through. And, and I think a lot of people that are Chase Elliott fans, you know, were fans of other drivers, whether it was his father, whether it was Jeff Gordon, whether it was, you know, Dale Jr., whether it was now Jimmy Johnson. I think there's going to be people that are Jimmy Johnson fans that are now going to be Chase Elliott fans. Um, you know, whether whatever your favorite driver was, people have gravitated toward this young man, and he's the most popular driver in our sport right now. And say what you want, but the most popular driver winning a championship is big. And I think Dale Jr. even alluded to it today, uh, the other day on his podcast. You know, Chase Elliott did something that only his father has done, which is win the most popular driver and win the championship. Now, Chase is probably going to win the most popular driver this season. So they're going to do it in the same season. Unreal. Un unheard of. Um, usually, you know, especially with Dale, Dale Jr., I mean, Junior had a couple shots at it, but Junior never could get the deal done. And and I think that that was something that's always ate at him that he didn't win the championship. I don't think it's something that he sits there today and it still eats at him, but I think it ate at him for a while that he wasn't a champ. I think he he felt like, uh, you know, that was something he wanted to accomplish. And then, and then that's something that uh, he was never able to do at the Cup Series level. Yeah, he was able to win a Bush, couple Bush championships. Uh, but I think being a Cup champion... Is, is what all these guys are fighting for. Uh, but I did think it was it was really strange that we didn't have a late race caution. Uh, we didn't have a piece of debris. We didn't have a, you know, a, a Quinn Half wreck. Um, <laughs> I hate to pick on Quinn, but, you know, I mean, we didn't, we didn't have a, a, a late race caution that could have screwed Chase out of this championship uh, quite literally. So um, a big win for Chase Elliott Nation, a popular champion. Uh, I know that the merchandise sales are breaking all kinds of records. Um, so, so make sure if you are a Chase Elliott fan and you want to get his merch, you better, you better get it because, uh, you know, <laughs> you don't know what in the heck is going to happen. Uh, but you better get it because it is, it is going to be, uh, quite a hot item. 
uh, whether it's the diecast cars, whether it's the, uh, the, the hat, the shirts, the hoodies, the whatever, it's going to be a hot item. Um, a lot of people are going to be buying them. So, um, it's crazy. You know, one of the things I was thinking about, you know, with Chase winning this championship, you know, I, I was thinking about um, another topic that I'll, that Chase a lot of times gets thrown into is the Silver Spoon Kids. And I know a, a lot of people call the Silver Spoon Kid Austin Dillon and, and Ty Dillon. And, and I think, you know, sometimes we've talked about this in the past where I don't think that's always a, a, a fair assumption. You know, I think you look at Chase really did strike the lottery when you look at how he ended up in this seat. Um, you know, Bill was, was a, a very revered driver. He, you know, a lot of people liked Bill in that garage area, make no mistakes about it. This was definitely a, a, uh, a move that Rick made because he saw the talent in chase, you know, and I think chase even alluded to it. There was a lot of people that didn't think he, he had his father's ability in him and, and they didn't think he was going to be that great of a race car driver. Uh, but but Rick Hendrick saw something in him, and I and I don't know who turned him on to Chase. I don't know if if it was a Jeff Gordon call, was this a Ray Abraham call, wh- what this was. I mean, I know I know you know Bill uh, was very revered in the garage area, but of everything I knew, that you know, that why wasn't Jack Roush going after this guy? Why wasn't you know Penske or, or some of these other teams going out there going after Chase? You know, why was it Rick? I I, I couldn't tell you, but. Um, you know, I, I remember when he signed a deal with Rick to drive, you know, for, for him, uh, in that development deal and, and they were moving him into the trucks, you know, and he, and he drove that, uh, 94 truck for Bill Elliott racing, which was essentially a, a Turner Scott motorsports truck that was built by them, uh, by Turner Scott. And, and it was sold off to Bill Elliott and, and they ran that team basically out of the back of Hendrick motorsports. They ran that out of the R and D building. Um, yeah, the back of the R and D shop. So, uh, that was a, a, uh, uh, a humble beginning for that young man. And, uh, he drove that 94 and, and he won that race out there at uh Canadian tire motorsports park by wrecking Ty Dillon, ironically. Um, and, and that kind of led him into the Xfinity series for junior motorsports where he drove two full-time seasons over there. Um, you know, it would have been quite easy for Rick to put him in a cup car, albeit maybe not a Hendrick car, but a cup car the, in 2015. Uh, what they elected to do was they elected to wait out Jeff Gordon's retirement, which ended up happening the ne- after 2015. Chase ran an extra season in, in Xfinity, which... I think some people will, will argue maybe wasn't necessarily needed. Um, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it, it kind of matured Chase a little bit. I think not winning that championship and not being a back-to-back champion kind of kind of humbled him a little bit more. Um, I think it, it showed him that this was not going to be as easy as it was for, uh, for his team owner. Um, and this was a hard deal. Going in the cup, I mean, you know, 16, I think we all kind of know that that was a rough year for Chase. He was learning quite a bit, did not really have the flashes of brilliance that uh, I think some people thought were going to happen. You know, then you get to 17 where he starts to kind of put some races together, uh, just some frustrating races. You know, late in the season, he has a shot at Dover to win, screws up on a late race uh, restart, had a shot at Michigan. Again, a late race restart kind of screwed him up. Uh, then you get to 2018, and, and you could tell the frustrations were starting to mount for Chase. Just race after race after race, those guys were having t- uh, tough times, whether it was pit calls, whether it was late race restarts, whether it was just putting himself in some bad spots. Uh, Chase just really struggled. And, you know, some people were starting to say, maybe Chase is overrated, maybe Chase is overhyped, maybe Chase is this. And then he goes out and, and, and answers to all the critics by going out and winning at Watkins Glen and in, in at a track that uh, is not easy to win at by any stretch of the imagination, a, a track that uh, a lot of these guys in the that are active cup drivers have not won on. He goes out and wins that race and then everything changes. You know, he goes to Dover. He, 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 you know, wins Dover going away. 
And then, you know, you get to 2019 where he has a, a, a breakthrough season. You know, he, he's winning at, uh, at, at the Roval, uh, you know, in a race that he wrecks basically going into turn one, he goes, comes back and wins that race. He, he follows up a win at, uh, at the, uh, at Watkins Glen, you know, and, and he's just, he's having that season. And then this year it starts out, you know, um, he has that race at, at Bristol. Like I said, uh, you think he's going to win that and then him and Logano get into a skirmish and, uh, um, you know, that, that kind of, it was a race that he lost. Then we go on the, the coronavirus break and, uh, we end up with, with that long, long break and we come back and, and we have the Coca-Cola 600, which Chase basically should have won, uh, if not by a bad pit call by Alan Gustafson. And, and, and that's a coulda, woulda, shoulda, uh, Brad Keselowski wins that. Then you get, um, the Wednesday race at Charlotte. Chase Elliott comes back and wins. Chase should have won the race at Darlington even too. You know, Kyle Busch punts him from the race lead uh, late in that race and loses there. Um, so Chase should have won the comeback, uh, the second race at Darlington, not the not the comeback race. The comeback race Harvick had covered. Uh, but the second race that Hamlin won, that should have that should have been uh, Chase's race as well. So, you know, there's two races, uh, three races right there I just gave you that Chase should have won. You know, the Coke 600, the Bristol race, and, and the second race at Darlington. Um, and then you have, um, you know, he comes back and and, and kind of goes through a slump. All right? They kind of have a little bit of a slump. Then they go to Daytona to the road course, a track that he's never been to, a track that none of these guys have ever been to, with some exceptions. And uh, he goes out and wins it. And I think that was kind of like the beginning of the, this is going to be a special year for Chase. Uh, I really thought at the very least this was going to be a step forward. He was going to make the championship four. I kind of thought that, that, you know, it was going to be a good experience for him, a learning curve for sure being in that final four. Um, but then he goes out and he, he won, uh, he won the Roval again. Um, so you're like, okay, this guy's repeating at tracks. That he's been good at, which is good. It's a good sign. Um, but but you're sitting there and you're saying, man, he's got to win at some of these other places. He's got to, you know, I know next year there's six road course races, but you know, you can't tell me that, that all chase is going to, all chase is ever going to be remembered as is a, is a hell of a road racer. And he wasn't much of much good on the ovals. Well, then he answered all those critics by winning at Martinsville in a, in a pressure situation where, as I just told you in 2017, he screwed up a lot of those situations. In fact, him and Danny Hamlin almost had a fight. At Martinsville in 2017. Excuse me. So they almost had a fight then. In 2017. And now he comes back. And he and he wins. At that same track. That gets him into the final four. The following week at, at Phoenix. And you know Chase goes out. And as uh, the, 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 the cards. Stacked against him once again. And he's got to go through. The tail end of the field. Because of pre-race inspection failures and he's got to drive through 40 cars in order to win the race and he does it. So, uh, you know, congratulations to chase. Like I said, a big win. I know that the, the town of Dawsonville went absolutely berserkos on Monday because he showed up with his entire team, which I thought was an incredible gesture by, by chase to bring the entire team with him. I thought that was really cool. I think that meant uh, a lot to, the community that wasn't just Chase, it was Chase and the team. Uh, I think that meant a lot to Chase. I think that meant a lot to that race team. Um, and I think it goes to show you that Chase knows that it's not just one person that wins on that organization. It's the whole team. Um, so that was pretty cool watching those burnouts. I know some of you out there that are going to be listening to this episode were there uh, watching it live. So I know that was a pretty cool experience for some of them uh, that were out there watching it. So uh you know, and, and like I said, congratulations, the Chase Nation. Um, I know all of them are going to be partying for days and days and days to come. So a big championship for Chase, hopefully the first of many. Uh, he joined some pretty elite company uh, by winning, obviously, a championship. Uh, you know, there's only, I think, 44 or 45 guys that have won a cup championship. So he's in pretty illustrious uh, company there. And, um, you know, he's 
he's now uh, forever going to be remembered as a 2020 champ. And uh, that's a big accomplishment for that young man at 24 years of age. Uh, and like you said, you know, he's got probably another 20 years in him. So uh, I'll be interested to see uh, how many more Chase Elliott is able to rack up. Uh, we'll be remiss if I didn't really quickly touch on uh, a few individuals that were going through their final race weekends. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I mean, obviously the seven-time champ, Jimmy Johnson, retiring. Uh, Jimmy has meant so much to the sport, um, you know, quite literally is is this generation's best driver, uh, for sure. Uh, a lot will argue whether or not he's the greatest of all time. He's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of NASCAR drivers, if you ask me. Uh, you know, with Petty, Earnhardt, and I'd say David Pearson has got to be on that that uh, Mount Rushmore of, of NASCAR drivers as well. Um, if you had to put four faces up there, those would be the four I would go with. Um, and, you know, Jimmy's going to be sorely missed. I mean, here's a guy that uh, quite literally had um, one Bush win to his name. Somebody that um, most most people that are fans that remember Jimmy coming up did not think that this this kid was going to be much of anything. Uh, but boy, that Jeff Gordon and Ricky Hendrick have us all wrong. Uh, phenomenal pick, phenomenal discovery. Uh, absolutely uh, one of those storybook kind of deals. Um, I'm sure one day the story is going to get put down in a, into a book and it'll be a bestseller because uh, I mean, still to this day, you, you can't, you can't sit there and make this stuff up the, what cha- I mean, what uh, Jimmy went through in order to be a champ seven times in this sport is, is inc- quite incredible. Um, another guy that that's stepping away from the sport, obviously Matt Kenseth uh, for now, I think the third time officially, uh, I think is calling it a career. And it, I think this is it, you know, for, for a guy that has quite literally been my favorite driver for the last seven years, uh, officially, uh, but was always one, one of the guys I rooted for. He was my second favorite for many, many years before that. Um, you know, but, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna miss seeing Matt at the racetrack. I, I, I really wish I could have seen him race one more time in person, but, um, I was very, very fortunate that the last time uh, I did get to see Matt race uh, was uh, in 2018 at Dover, um, which was the last time I was able to see him in person. And uh, I was able to meet him that day, get an autograph that day, thank him that day. So uh, for me, I was okay with the closure on that. Um, But those things happen. Um, And and then really the other person that you would have to, you know, kind of think about, um, is the, is some of the media people that were stepping away, you know, um, you look at, um, Winston Kelly, it was his final race, uh, on damn RN call. All right. So, uh, Winston's still going to be doing his deal with the NASCAR hall of fame, but, uh, a fantastic radio career. Always loved listening to him on, on the MRN calls, whether it was pit road or, or maybe some of the, the feature stuff that he's done, over his career, I think Winston Kelly has has always done a great job with that. Obviously, Chad Knauss' last race on top of the pit box for uh, Hendrick Motorsports as a crew chief. Um, now he's going to move into his new role, the the competition director over there. And uh, we also found out that it was Krista Voda's last race with NBC. So uh, so some media members stepping away, and then we we found out Alan Kavana is uh, leaving Fox as well. So. Uh, a few folks leaving, and, and then Ricky Craven was uh, officially getting out of NASCAR uh, as well. So uh, some big names leaving the sport. Uh, obviously, last races for uh, Levine Family Racing, Bob Levine and and, and uh, his wife, uh, I think Sharon's her name, are, are, are leaving, as well as Bob Germain and Germain Racing, and uh, we're going to miss all of them. So uh, would be remiss if we didn't mention them in – the surmise of this 2020 season. I will say this as just an overall summary of 2020. Uh, as far as NASCAR goes, this has been a season that I don't think any of us will ever forget. Um, whether that's because of the pandemic, whether it's because of the amount of races that we had at one shot, whether it was going to Darlington three times in a season, whether it was going to Charlotte, uh, you know, like three times as well. Um, you know, it was a pretty unique year going to Daytona, going to the road course uh, for the first time ever uh, for all three series was kind of cool. 
the indie uh, road course, which was something that we knew was going to be on the docket, um, was kind of neat. The double headers I thought were really interesting. The Wednesday races were were very nice. Um, I just thought overall, this, despite all the stuff that we've gone through with the pandemic, uh, this was a, a really interesting 2020 season. And I think that uh, this is this will be one that we'll remember for a lot of different reasons. Um, whether you're a fan of Chase Elliott, whether you're a fan of Sheldon Creed or, or Austin Sendrick, notwithstanding, I think we're all going to remember this season and, and what this season meant. Uh, kudos to NASCAR to get a whole season in uh, without a lot of really big, big delays as far as, you know, we didn't miss a race because of a major COVID outbreak you know, amongst drivers or, or crew guys, you know, I know we had some crew guys, uh, crew, uh, pit crews late in the season, miss a race here or there, uh, because maybe one team member tested positive. They kept the whole team home instead, uh, and just used the backup crew. So I, I think that those were kind of minimal. I think the only ones I knew of was William Byron and then Matt Kenseth's, uh, pit crew this weekend at Phoenix, um, you know, had a member test positive. So they, they kept his, uh, you know, normal pit crew home, but they used a backup crew uh, to pit their car. So uh, a seamless thing, you know, we had obviously Austin Dillon missed a race, Jimmy Johnson missed a race with COVID. Um, but those might've been false positives. We really don't know. We don't have an answer on those, but I would sooner think that those were. Um, so overall, a really good year. Kudos to the series for putting on a fantastic season. Um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to take a break on the other side. I'm going to debate quickly, um, whether or not it pays to keep guys after they win a championship in the series that they're in. It's an interesting topic. It was something I was thinking about this week and I want to share my two sides to this, why I think it works and why I think it might not work. So, uh, you are listening to the Coochie's Corner podcast. I am Bobby Bailey. I'll see you on the other side of this break. All right, guys, welcome back to the Coochie's Corner Podcast. This is Bobby Bailey bringing you the latest in the 2021 news. And then I did tease uh, before we took that break the, you know, move up of of drivers to other series. Um, So we'll get into that as well. So first, you know, the 2021 news, we'll kind of roll through them real quick. The first piece of news that we found out is Daniel Hemrick is going to go to Joe Gibbs Racing. He's going to drive to 18 in the Xfinity Series full-time, replacing Riley Herbst, who appears to be headed to Stuart Haas Racing to replace Chase Briscoe, who's moving up the cup, obviously, as we know. Um, So we expect a formal announcement for Herbst coming in the, the next coming weeks, I would assume. Uh, maybe even in the coming days. Uh, Ryan Priest is back at JTG, uh, JTG Doherty, according to FrenchStretch.com uh, and several other sources uh, out there are, are reporting the same thing. So it sounds like Priest is back in the 37. Um, so basically what that leaves us with is Corey LaJoy still uh, looking for a ride. He's, he's the favorite over at Spire Motorsports for a seat. Um, I would say the other driver that's looking – Really good there would be Garrett Smithley. Uh, I know Ty Dillon's name has been asked about. Um, there were some some pages out there hinting that he's got a deal at, at RCR with a third charter. Stay tuned on that. Um, Travis Mack has officially uh, taken the job as a crew chief for Trackhouse. That's the Justin Marks Cup team that uh, Daniel Suarez will be driving for starting at Daytona in 2021. Uh, Travis was uh, formerly with Hendrick Motorsports. He was also at Junior Motorsports before that. And I think he was also, uh, he was a crew chief for uh, Casey Kane at Levine Family Racing uh, with that 95 team for, uh, I think that was what, 2018 uh, as well. So um, Travis Max over there. Then we also found out that Freddie Kraft is going to be uh, Bubba's spotter for 2311 racing. So that got formally announced. Um, we also know that um, – trying to think what else that we, that we found out. Um, well, we know, we know that uh, Chase Purdy is now going to be over at 
uh, GMS Racing. He's going to be driving that truck. Uh, I guess that's being vacated by Brett Moffitt. Uh, he'll be in that truck. I, I'm guessing that's the number he's going to be in. Uh, so we found that out as well. Brett is going to be over at Our Motorsports. He's going to drive the O2 for uh, Robert Hour uh, and and those guys over there. So uh, I think that's going to be a great move. I think uh, Brett's, you know, he's got the talent. We know he does. And that's a pretty good little uh, race team over there. They only have like, I think, three or four people that work in that shop. So small, small team, but a lot of heart and a lot of punch uh, out of that organization, especially with cars that used to be GMS cars. So uh, kind of a irony how that all worked out. But uh, Brett Moffitt over to our motorsports in 2021. So I think those are all the real news things that we found out. Um, I think now is time to talk about the debate. So of the week, I guess I'm going to call this the debate of the week, the topic of the week, whatever you guys want to call it. Um, so I was thinking about, you know, this past week or, you know, really getting ready for the show. And I was thinking to myself, I said, what would be a good topic to discuss? Well, it'd be something that, you know, people might be interested in talking about. And I think it was, you know, when Austin Cindric won the championship, I was thinking about the guys that get moved up too quick. And I was thinking about, you know, examples of when guys were, were held back after winning championships. And I was going back and I was thinking about Dale Jr. for, for a minute because I was thinking, you know, Jr. won that championship in 98. What was really holding Dale Sr. back from putting Jr. in a cup car in 99? I think what was holding him back, part of it was that 98 was their first year in cup with DEI. And I think they kind of had a rough year at Steve Park. And I think they they really wanted to get their feet under them. And I think they didn't want to add that second team until they had another year under their belt, which is part of the reason why Dale Jr. stayed in, uh, in the Bush series that extra year. But then I look at other people that kind of followed that path. You know, you look at um, Chase Elliott, for example. All right. Chase won the championship in the in the nationwide series in 2014. Uh, 2015, he could have been a cup driver. Hendrick could have made a deal with somebody and put him in a cup car. They didn't. So. They held him back. He kind of had a, a mediocre season. He really didn't have a great year. He won a race at Richmond, but that was about all he did the whole season. So then I was thinking about Austin Sendrick, and I was thinking about, you know, Chase Briscoe's getting moved up to Cup next year, but Sendrick is being held back a year, and Sendrick won the championship. So here's a guy that now is a, a Xfinity champ that's being held back a year, but yet then you have Briscoe who's being moved up a, a year. And then I was thinking about William Byron. Think about this. William Byron won the championship in 17 and got thrown into a cup car in 18. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, between Chase Elliott and, and William Byron, who is who got the better benefit? Did Chase end up being – is Chase ending up benefiting from having that extra year in Xfinity? Whereas William Byron only had one year of Xfinity, didn't win the truck championship, got moved up, won the Xfinity championship, got moved up, but now he's been kind of struggling a little bit in the cup car. But I think William Byron, if you go if you go and look at William Byron, William has that win this year at Daytona. You know, his first career cup win, I, I think it finally sort of worked for him. I think everything started clicking. I think it's going to... It's going to take some time, but I think William Byron is going to win more races this season coming up. I think 2021 is is going to be a breakout year for William Byron. And I do think, I do think that that's what's going to make the difference here. I also believe that we will see, um, you know, Chase Elliott continue to, to, to do well. I think Chase is going to have a great year. But really to get back to this debate, I think what's going to be telling is how Briscoe does in this car. Now, I don't know if this was I, – I know where some what, what some of the optics of this is. Some of the optics of Briscoe being in this 14 car is there are six road course races on this schedule. All Briscoe's got to do is win one of these, these races, and he's in the playoffs. And he's, you know, got a shot at it. But I also think that Stuart Haas 
is looking at an extra was looking at this as do we do we keep Boyer around for a year? Which they could have. They could have convinced Clint to stay. And I don't even think if this really needed to be a situation. I really think they could have put kept Boyer around one more year and then let Boyer leave in 2022 when the new car came out. I think that would have been a perfect scenario. What I do think this is going to do is it's going to give Briscoe the opportunity to have a clear path to be the 2021 Rookie of the Year. <coughs> and I think this is also going to give Austin Sindrick a clear path to be the 2022 Rookie of the Year. <coughs> so we'll see how it all pans out. But um, overall, I think keeping the guy the extra year helps. I think it's beneficial. Um, you know, I think... Certainly, I think Dale Jr. was much better off having that other year. I think Chase obviously was better off having that extra year. Um, sometimes I think throwing these guys in the cup cars, it just doesn't help them. You know, I think you look at Logano. It took Logano a long time to kind of figure cup out. Um, I think Eric Jones is going to be another one of those guys. Yeah, he's got two wins, but I mean, Logano had two wins when he left Gibbs. So I think it's going to be one of those odd deals where Eric Jones is going to figure it out. It might not be it. Richard Petty Motorsports, it might be an opportunity after that. But I think Eric Jones is gonna is gonna surprise some people. <clears throat> the other thing I wanted to talk about uh briefly is kind of our 2020 off-season plan. So I I've been mentioning this quite a bit. We are gonna do three more NASCAR for rookie podcast episodes. There will be three more of them. I don't know when I'm gonna get them all done or when they're gonna happen. But they will happen. The other thing that's going to happen is the week of Thanksgiving. So not this next week, but the week after, the week of Thanksgiving, there won't be a, a brand new episode of Crew Chiefs Corner. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and I'm going to pick a couple of my favorite epi, uh, clips, my favorite segments, and I'm going to put them together. And that's going to be the Thanksgiving special episode. Okay. The week of Christmas. There will be another special episode. I'll pick more segments that I liked during the season. And that'll be the Christmas special edition. And then the week of New Year's, we're going to do the exact same thing. So those are the three weeks that we will not have an actual brand new edition of Crew Chiefs Corner podcast. And also, obviously, the three weeks that we do NASCAR for Rookies won't have a brand new Crew Chiefs Corner podcast attached to it. Uh, the NASCAR for Rookies episodes will be like basically in that bonus season that's out there. Um, they will be in that bonus season, and they're going to be bonus episodes. So, yeah, I'm taking three weeks and not doing anything, but at the same time, I'll be giving you guys three three extra episodes of NASCAR for Rookies, and, and that's kind of kind of somehow even out. So um, what I plan on doing is starting uh, next week, we will kind of do a topic show. Um, so we're going to talk about – the Rising Stars uh, is going to be the next little series we're going to do. Uh, so we'll talk about some of the Rising Stars, I think, in the Truck Series uh, and Xfinity. So that will be one episode, and we'll talk about Rising Stars and Cup, uh, I think, the week after. We'll also sprinkle in any 2021 news in these episodes as well as they happen. Um, there will also be um, some season uh, previews. So once we get into January, there'll be, uh, I think, three episodes of season previews. We will go through the the, uh, the schedule for each one of the series. So there'll be a Truck Series preview show. There'll be a Xfinity Series preview show. And there'll be a Cup Series preview show. We'll go through the schedule. I'll kind of pick who my you know playoff drivers will be. I'll pick a championship for. I'll pick a champion. Um, and we will also do... Um, some early entry list stuff. Um, I don't know when that's exactly going to happen. I would say that's going to be around January as well. Um, I would say the late, the, the, the season previews are going to probably be the end of January, beginning of February. Uh, the early entry list stuff will be probably the beginning of the month of, uh, January. And, uh, we'll have all that put together. I know Toby Christie already did one, uh, for, I think all three series, which is great, but, I'm going to wait for things to get a little bit more solid before we do ours uh, officially, but we will do our unofficial 
entry list for Daytona like we've been doing the last few years. I know it's been a popular thing. Um, and then I think the only other thing that I plan on doing this offseason uh, for any kind of podcasting is we're going to do uh, maybe a, a, a one-off episode for uh, DieCast. So I might do a DieCast episode uh, where we talk about maybe my favorite DieCast of the year and, and some stuff like that. But um, that is kind of the plan of the Coochie's Corner podcast this offseason. Uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy it. We're going to try to, like I said, have uh, something new published uh, every week except for the week of the holidays. So like I said, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, there will be no brand new episodes, but there will be uh, a new episode, but it will be uh, some re-airs of some some segments that I enjoyed, whether it was race recaps, whether it was news segments, or just straight-up topics or whatever. Uh, I'm going to put that together on those weeks so that you guys have something to listen to um, that's new-ish. So hopefully you guys will enjoy those and uh, enjoy uh, Thanksgiving uh, upcoming in a couple weeks. Uh, hopefully you guys will will be able to celebrate with your fam- family as much as you can. Stay safe out there. Be well. Uh, enjoy the weather. I know it's been kind of dreary here on the East Coast. The last few days, so hopefully uh, you guys aren't being flooded out or anything like that. Um, but enjoy. Have a good Thanksgiving. We'll catch you guys next week with another episode of the Coochie's Corner podcast. Be sure to follow us on all of our social, which is going to roll right after this segment. And, uh, you know, be sure to tell your friends about the podcast. Thank you guys for listening and for all the support. And we'll catch you next week here on the Coochie's Corner podcast, hosted by Bobby Bailey. Thanks for listening to the Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media. Facebook, at the Crew Chief. On Twitter, at the Crew Chief. Instagram, at Crew Chiefs Corner. TikTok, at Crew Chiefs Corner. And on the Anchor app and anchor.fm. Thanks for listening.